Hey guys, we are back for another episode. I'm here with Caleb. Yo! Caleb. Caleb here has been working on his most recent project. If you want to explain what you've been doing and how that's been going. Uh, yeah. Well, what's up, guys? I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I've been working on so many things, but uh, for those of you that don't know, um, what I do for work is I'm a um, program director for a nonprofit, nonprofit called Triple Threat Mentoring. And we are a passion, purpose, and relationship-based organization that really tries to bridge the gap between under-resourced youth and people who are passionate about, you know, certain hobbies or, you know, interests in life. Um, and I have the full benefit of um, creating these spaces where, you know, people like you and I, who are passionate about, you know, it could be sports, arts and crafts, academia and um, bringing people like that to spaces with children who may be interested in the same thing as them. And then also maybe those who don't even know that they're interested in it yet, uh, which is pretty dang cool. Um, and one thing about working for Triple Threat is we think that relationship is the number one reason why children make it out of poverty. So for me personally, what I try to do is be my genuine self. I mean, I love, love, love hanging around kids. The energy is just always high. Uh, they're always honest, which I love. I love feeling. Um, and yeah, it's just an overall good time. So, um, for me, like, I just, when I'm, when I'm working around children, I just feel like I'm in my zone. Um, and I get to also do cool things. Like I'm contracted by Nike and Jordan brand to uh, develop their community outreach projects. So I get to travel the country and, and do certain, uh, I'll be a part of certain programs that, could be national programs, could be international programs, but it's kind of cool that, you know, uh, major corporate bands like Nike and Jordan, um, they see that there is a need for reaching back out to the communities uh, all around the country. And then they yeah. bring, you know, a central thread in to help facilitate that. Um, and then, cool. yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a very fun time, you know, you're at triple threat. But it's been pretty busy now that we're getting back in person, which I'm excited for. Mm. Um I have actually a program coming up on Friday. We have an event with Russell Westbrook. Um and he renovate him and his team renovated a YMCA over in Crenshaw in Los Angeles. Um wow. so yeah, he gets to 
you know, bring that program life, bring that program to life. And then we also have like a six week program that we're running out of there for the kids with like tech, uh, film, and then also, um, design. So it should be pretty fun. I'm excited. Okay. That's good. You have been doing a lot. I saw you were posting, um, was it talk about it Tuesday and think about it Thursday. It was pretty tight. Yeah. So, I mean, on the side of what I do for work, I, um, I wanted to start this nonprofit called learn, develop and grow. And, um, the reason I wanted to is because I wanted to give every child an opportunity to follow their dreams. And I believe to follow our dreams, it's a, it's a three-step process. We have to learn a certain skill. We have to develop it and then grow into the master of that skill. And um, so for me, like, I want to, you know, put that message out to the public. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? Well, I'm pretty good at storytelling. I, I think that stories were what helped me develop into the person I am today, just listening to other people and their, uh, them reminiscing about some of their mistakes and some of their successes. So um, a byproduct of Learn, Develop, and Grow was this project called Project Broken. And um, I think I explained the last time I was on here, you know, we, as people, in order to learn from our mistakes, we have to be vulnerable. And um, I think it fit perfectly um, with you know, the model of learn, develop, and grow. It's that three-step process, right? Uh, So the first thing is how do we learn? Okay, learning isn't just only picking up a book. Learning isn't only just doing research. Learning isn't just, you know, um, listening to somebody tell you something. It's also you sharing your own past mistakes and successes and then seeing how do I learn from that? How do I grow from that? How do I um, develop some of these things that I'm good at? And then how do I make sure to use the things that I'm not necessarily good at and continue to learn how to develop those and make them even stronger? So I thought Project Broken is like, hey, if we can talk about some of the things that we messed up on, if we could talk about some of our feelings, then that's how we can gain resources from other people or from books or or things like that or other resources to really understand, okay, this is what's wrong with me, or this is something that I struggle with. This is something that I need to work on. And now I can, you know, listen. Now I can find answers. Now I can um, really work on whatever I need to but the first step is really talking about it. So that's where Project Broken came out. Came out. You said something very interesting just now, a little while ago, about um, you understanding or the project that you're in right now, understanding how relationships affect these kids. How do you go about that? Um. Like, how do you go about, like, adding to those relationships? 
I would say I can't I can't build a relationship with somebody if I'm putting like blockers over who I am, you know. Um, okay. I can't be a role model if I'm putting on a mask every day and saying like, yeah, I'm a happy-go-lucky person a hundred percent of the time. And you guys are going to see it and you guys are going to think I'm cool. You know, like like one thing at, uh, one thing at triple threat, we always say is don't be interesting, be interested. So for Mm -hmm. me, like I want to constantly learn from the kids, you know, what's going on in there in their backgrounds, what's going on in their family life, what's going on in their school life, you know, um, so that I can think back to what I struggled with and and how I navigated through some of those problems. And then I'm able to share my story. I'm able to help uh, guide them through their processes. And uh, really, I think that's what helps me build the relationship. Um, But then also you know, just bringing energy. Uh, it doesn't, just because I'm not happy or at my, like, I'm not in the best mood at the moment um, when I'm hanging out with kids, doesn't mean I can't bring positive energy. You know, right. so I got to suck it up and just be like, hey, you know, I'm going to impact these kids and I'm not going to let them see that I'm feeling down today. But if they ask me if they feel some type of energy from me, I'm going to be honest with them and then, you know, and be like, hey, you know, us adults, we're here to help you. But we also have moments where we need help as well. And I think what I mm. what I mean is that children respect that more when you're just being real with them instead of trying to, like, sweep some things under the rug. And for me, that's what's really helped with my relationships with these children. Yeah, you know, I think it's not even just the words. It's you give off a certain energy, whether you you are, you know, like intentionally trying to give it off or not. So even if you're trying to give off the positive energy, sometimes you could be unknowingly giving off a negative energy because you're not fully being open and honest with who you are and how you're feeling. Uh, I don't think I've like been completely... I don't think I've even mentioned on here that I have started to, I might have, I've started to work with kids with autism. Um, and a lot of them are nonverbal. And some of them may not understand the way that we communicate, the way that we do, but they definitely feel your energy. And talking about like, if you, you're not having a good day, Sometimes I need these kids to help bring me up and I need their energy to help me remember, okay, it's not always going to be a hundred percent positive, good day, uh, but it's okay. And I struggled in the beginning working with these kids because I was trying so hard to be that positive all the time, happy all the time. I was trying to be what I thought they needed and super energetic and super just giddy and it and it just wasn't me being my authentic self and once I finally found a way to implement just me being me me being just chill and and cool and just calm and honest in my own energy they really took to me and it was easier for me to connect to them uh non-verbally verbally 
all of it. I think the energy that you give when you are honest with yourself is uh, really what kids will take. I I have to applaud you, you know, on that because I worked with. Oh, thank you. I worked in the special education sector and right. I've, had a, I've been in a classroom with a few autistic children and uh, one of the kids that I was an aide for, he was nonverbal um, and it takes a lot of patience and oh, especially in those moments where you come in and you're not having the best day. So I definitely have to. Or they're not having the best day. And when they're not having the, oh my gosh. Uh, I remember I remember the first time I had to um bear through a temper tantrum. Uh and it was totally because like he was being a brat. And I knew he was being right. a brat. you know, it was like that's one thing is you know, in special education or people with disabilities, uh, a lot of people think that, you know, something's wrong with the children and they're right. Oh, you know, but really, they're just like every other child. They go through the mm. same. They have emotions. Uh, they go through their moments where they want something, and they they might be um, annoyed at you because they're not getting it. And you know, they can be bratty at times. And I knew it too because we had been having a good week, and then he right. just be frustrated. And he wasn't eating and things like that. So he started screaming and I'm over mm-hmm. here looking like, okay, so you want to do that? All right. I'm right. just going to ignore you for today. And then when you're done and you're ready to, to move forward, then we'll do that together. But right now I'm not going to respond to your temper tantrum. Yes. Patience, you know, cause anybody like, you know, maybe I wasn't having the best day or, um, and I could have like, yelled back at him or something like that you know yeah. do that but really it's like oh he's having a rough day just like just like myself so I have to be the role model and I have to say look I'm not gonna react to you uh going over the top on me but when you're ready I'm here for you and yes. uh just like myself when I have bad days I want somebody to stand by me and support me after I maybe get agitated or get a little annoyed and show my emotions in the wrong way. But knowing yeah. that, that person is like, all right, I know you're just being an ass right now, you know, but yeah. when you're done being an ass, I'll be here to mess with you because you're cool, you know? So that's and why that goes for like people in general, you know uh, what I mean? I, I read something recently that said um, in terms of these kids, when they are at their worst, we have to be at our best. Oh yeah. And I take that with everyone. When you know somebody that I love or care for, or I'm trying to be there for, when they are at their worst, mm. I should be at my best. And I want that too. I want when I'm at my worst, someone to be at their best for me because maybe I'm not having a good day right now. Maybe I'm just I'm dealing with something. But don't agitate me more. Don't add to my frustration already it's that's gonna make me even more mad and then i turn around and and walk away same for these kids right right but i think what really helps with being able to do that and being able to have that patience is my love and my passion for what i do mm-hmm. because isn't i think thing? Ha- is it what isn't it a beautiful thing Oh, definitely. Definitely. This is the first job that I, I 
I told my dad, um, you know, I still don't want to get up and go to work. I'm tired. I never want to go to work. I want to be able to just make money from my bed. But, <laughs> don't we all? but it, yeah, but it's a different, I don't want to go to work. Now it's okay, I'll go. And then once I get there, I'm in love. Mm-hmm. Temper tantrum, anything. Because at the end of the day, it's so worth it. It's so worth it because I'm so happy that I could do what I love and do what I'm so passionate about. It's different than having a job just to make money and get paid than to do what you love. And that really drives me to be patient and be kind and and do what I need to do to the best of my ability. And that impact goes a long way, you know? Oh, definitely. When you love what you do, that energy, you know, is reciprocated. And the people are going to love being around you while you're doing you, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I've had people that I know, you know, and you, you can tell right off the bat, oh, you don't like your job. Oh, you love your job. You know what I mean? Like in every job, you can tell. You can you get the energy immediately. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so excited to get back in person. Because I feel like, you know, um, with this whole pandemic, you know, we've been forced to go on Zoom. And you can't really read anybody's energy when they're on a screen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for us you know, relationship is number one. So it's like, how do I build a relationship through a computer screen? Like if I can't see you, if I can't look into your eyes and see the passion that's burning within you, if I can't make you laugh, you know, and through just casual conversation, if I uh, can't show you my energy in the way that I, you know, use my body to, express how I'm feeling, you know, passionately, then I mean, what what are we really doing? And even though yes, it's it's been awesome um being able to learn and adapt on how to make the most out of Zoom, like when we get back in person, that's when, you know, my coworkers and I really shine because it's like, yeah, we're in person, we're people we're people person. I don't know how to say that. People, people. But, um, <laughs> we're very, we're very social people, and uh, we just love having a good time. So I'm so excited about that. That's just gonna make me love my job a hundred times more. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> what did it take for you to find your passion? Uh, like, how did you figure out that this is what you were passionate about? This is what I want to do. A whole lot of failure and a whole lot of messed up <laughs> relationships. <laughs> okay. I'm talking girlfriends, friends, family members. Um, I'm talking, you know, going through multiple different jobs and just, you know, uh, when I was 13, when I was 13, I think that was the first time I told my dad, like, I don't want to work for anybody. Right. Um, and he was like, okay, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I'm going to start <laughs> this one day. <laughs> and um, now that I got a little older and less naive, I understand yeah. you got to work for people um, just so that you can learn. But I started just getting into, you know, little jobs here and there. Once I turned 20, 21, uh, like I were, I think my first job was at Denny's. 
was at Denny's restaurant. What? Your first at job? The first job. No was, experience? Was, no experience. I was hey, a they never guy. hired me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, jealous. Yeah, and it was it was awesome, but I am somebody that when I feel like I'm not getting anything out of my work, I'll just leave, you know? And so that I was at Denny's for three months and then I was out of there, <laughs> you know? Um, then, you know, I, I worked some, a few jobs here and there. Um, and then I finally started working at like the Nike outlet in orange and I thought it was just a cool job, you know, it was like yeah. you get to work for this big company called Nike and I get to wear like these casual training clothes and stuff right. while on the job. So it was like, oh, this is cool. And that was actually the longest job that I had um, before I went into triple threat. And I was there for a year, but I started, I like... I knew I was on my way out after like 10 months. Cause I was like, okay, my feet hurt while I'm standing here on the <laughs> eight hours. My back hurts. You know, I'm tired of people taking clothes off the hanger and not putting them back. So uh-huh. right. I could never do clothes. <laughs> right. I have patience, but not that kind of patience. <laughs> I feel you. So after, um, after working and at this point I was also starting learn, develop and grow. So I was on the sales floor, um, passing out business cards, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to talk to people about, you know, my business plan and see, like, do you think you would be interested in that? Because what I was trying to do was fundraise for youth athletes at that point. Okay. So once I started seeing people were like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. It's needed. Um, right. You know, and people enjoy talking to me. And I was like, okay cool you know learn develop and grow can be something i think i'm on the right track right uh, well um i actually had some people over at um at nike that were kind of i, I want to say envious of you know the things that i was trying to do because i had mm-hmm. big aspirations you know i said i told my dad i didn't want to work for anybody so of course i think i'm gonna be a freaking billionaire you know <laughs> If I start a business, so I'm telling people my business idea, people are liking it, but some people were kind of like, uh, Caleb, you'll like never reach where you think you're going to and things like that. And that just like burned some more fire in my heart. I was like, okay, now I get to prove some people wrong. You know, I can do what I want. This is what, you know, I was telling my father, like, I just want to do what I want. Nobody can is going to put me in a box. Nobody. I'm not going to work some regular nine to five um, right. every day and just like waste my life, you know, and not to say that everyone working a nine to five is wasting their life. It's just not for me, you know. Right. Um, so I actually got in trouble a few times while on the sales floor, you know, passing out business cards and talking to people not about Nike and things like that. Mm. Um, but luckily, you know, I was going through a, um, breakup at the time. Luckily. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily (laughs) at this moment, um, when I was in my relationship, I was distracted. I was kind of just living life, kind of just going day by day, not doing anything. 
But when the breakup happened, it was kind of like, you know, those moments where you're like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym, about to get on my status and things like that. And it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough at first. You know, I was emotionally distraught and just really um, was down on myself. And uh, I told myself one day while I was on the sales floor, I was like, I freaking hate this job, but I'm just going to pick up my energy and make the most out of it, you know? And I started really just like expressing this positive energy while I was out there and the moment came where my boss walked in or my boss now Caleb walked in and I said I need to go talk to that guy talk to him and now three years later I work for one of the best companies in the world so it's like um for me like that was something that continued to put me on the right track obviously god-given and I'm so passionate about it because one, I just love, I love children, but two, it was in the moment where I told myself, okay, pick yourself up, you know, be that, that, that light in the room. And it worked out for me. And, you know, now I've been working for, um, this company for three, three, almost four years. Uh, I never thought I'd work for somebody more than a year, but I mean, shoot, I love what I do. So, yeah. Yeah. Man, you didn't even really work in retail that long. Oh, no. That's, that's not fair. <laughs> and I, I prefer traveling. I prefer traveling. I prefer hanging out with kids. Retail, nah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I just got out of advice. retail. <laughs> <laughs> advice I would give people is if you know that there's like certain jobs like say because i've worked at mcdonald's i've worked at denny's i've worked at i've worked you know some of the the jobs that people are like oh those are kind of just you know regular minimum wage jobs but you know what's interesting is even though i was like screwing around not really taking it seriously i was always aware of what was going on so like when i was working at mcdonald's I was like always listening in to the managers, trying to see how they operate. And then like the GM walked in one time and I was like, you know, having a conversation with them and they were like, Oh, maybe you would want own one of these one day. And I was like, okay, how much does it take to own one? And he was like, Oh, 40 grand. And I was like, wait, what? You could own a McDonald's for 40 grand. So things like that is like, okay, I'm constantly learning, even in these little jobs, because, you know, even though it's a minimum wage job, McDonald's is a multi-billion dollar corporation. Yeah. So they had to start somewhere just like I had to start somewhere. So, you know, just try to take bits and pieces from wherever you go. And that is going to continue to add knowledge and also um, hopefully add passion to you so that you can continue to build your empire. And that's where, that's where I'm at today. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have jobs that'll just, you know, financially get them off the ground with what they actually want to do, what they're actually passionate about. And it sucks. Yes. But it's that drive. It's that passion that really pushes them to, to keep working in this job that may not exactly be what they would might be wanting to do right now but it it fits you know it works it's it's the end goal that they're looking at 
hundred percent. You gotta forget about the fact that you're in a McDonald's uniform. You know, right. I was out there in the drive-through, hustling. I was bringing that energy. I was like saying like, "How a good morning? How are you? Right. Welcome to McDonald's. I'm ready to take yeah. your order." And one time, I actually got tipped sixty bucks. Somebody came, they drove through the drive-thru and came back around and gave me like 60 bucks. Wow. At McDonald's. I was like, what? (laughs) You're like, I'm not going to say no, but. (laughs) I'm not going to say no. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, I think it it took me longer to find my, which I knew I was passionate about it. Um, It was just. And I've talked about it before. It was more that, that fear, that jump. Uh, taking that risk to actually doing that and I think mine is a little more I mean everyone's is personal you know what I mean but mine is more in terms of um I found it within me and my brother's relationship Mm. uh my brother has autism and I Mm. once I came to terms with what autism actually meant because as a kid, I, I really didn't understand it. Like, same thing. I mean, a lot of people try to make you feel like autism, something's wrong with you. And so as a kid, I'm like, okay, what's wrong with my brother? Like, uh, he's fine to me, you know? So I think it took me a while to understand, one, the dynamic of my family and how that was going to change. And also, how am I going to have this relationship that I've always wanted with my brother because I've always wanted brothers. Um, So it took a while. And in order to do that, I had to go out and read. And I I started reading a lot and I started volunteering with kids that have autism. I was 13, 14. And I started mentoring siblings to help them understand. And before I knew it, I realized, actually, I didn't realize when I was a teenager, I had realized it last year, right before I decided to go back to school. Uh, school was hard for me. It was a lot of, same thing, a lot of failure. Uh, I'm not proud of, but you know what? I'm getting it done. I'm finishing it now. Yeah. I figured out that is what I'm passionate about because my brothers are my world and that's a hard struggle to navigate being a sibling of someone that has maybe a different understanding of the world than we do. And it took me a while to understand that that's okay. There's nothing wrong with my brother. Absolutely nothing. So my passion for my brother led to my passion for these kids and these kids who have autism, their siblings, their families, and now I'm able to work with those families and help them understand and help them see, you know, there's nothing wrong with their son, daughter, brother, sister, absolutely nothing. And, and it, and if it does, that's why I just feel so good to, to do what I want to do. But I went back to school because I was like, this is my passion. This is exactly what I want to do. And of course I have other goals and there's other things I want to spread out and do. I still wouldn't work in the medical field. My ultimate life goal is to be able to open up a, a free clinic, a free clinic for people that have a hard time, 
you know, with being documented or anything of that sort. Uh, and to help like inform them of like their health and what they can do and, and just things like that. Just teaching the world that a lot of people try to exclude or try to make it difficult for them to get information on even things like this, like just autism. There's so many people that don't understand a lot of things because they're not given the access to that knowledge. But realizing my passion, I went back to school now finishing to get my bachelor's and it's really helped push me just in my life in general. It's really helped me see that, that love, that passion that I have for these kids also pushes me to be the person I want to be, to be better, to continue to work on myself. And, you know, same thing. You can't help others if you can't help yourself. Definitely. And it's just a crazy feeling. It's a it's a beautiful feeling, honestly. That's really the words that I can put it in. It's a, it's an amazing and beautiful blessing. Ain't it? That, the best. Oh man, like I I can't believe I've been missing out on this. You know what I mean? Like I I can't believe that I have been just working in retail because I was too scared to jump. I was too scared to see if I was good enough and. It, it really doesn't matter who you are. If you love whatever it is you're passionate about, just do it. Oh, yeah. That's all you need. It's crazy because when I was 14, you know, playing basketball, there was nine, 10, 11 year olds who were constantly looking up to me, asking me questions about, you know, the game of basketball. And, you know, it was always fun to be like their little mentor and I'm only 14, but right. now I'm 25 and that's my job title is, is mentor. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's kind of, it, it just went hand in hand and you, I look back and I'm like, man, I'm glad I never took those moments for granted and shut those right. kids out. And that's when I think I knew like, okay, this is for me, you know? If kids want to listen, then I'm here to to talk to them. And I'm also here to reciprocate that energy and really listen to them and see what they're struggling with. So that's what gets it for me. I love it. I love it every single day. And, that's really yeah. cool, too, because a lot of people do tend to shut them out. Like, oh, you're just a kid. You don't understand. Yeah. You know, but they actually they understand a lot more than you think. And they're very observant and they're watching everything. Just like they say, you got to respect your elders. Well, you got to also respect the children, you know? Yeah. And respect, you also have to give it. Yeah. And that's also, I mean, to me, I look at that as very, like, it's a very crucial time in their lives. So however you treat them, they're going to remember that. They're going to reflect on it. They're going to take that with them as they develop and grow. And you have to be really careful. It's it's a blessing and you definitely have to be patient. You definitely have to be kind. I think you have to remember too, how you were as a kid. You know what I mean? Like hundred percent, a hundred percent. But like, it's, it's like if every time you have an idea like right now and somebody shuts it down, but then every time they have an idea, they're like, okay, you need to, 
you need to understand my idea and really act like it's like the best thing in the world. Like you're going to be looking at that person like, what? Like, what, right. do you, what do you mean? So it's like for children, I, I know that, you know, um, children can be naive at times, you know, just due to adolescence. Yeah. But we should embrace the fact that they're using their brain. They're thinking about things like say a kid wants to be an astronaut. You can't just tell them like, nah, you'll never be an astronaut. You know, right. only a certain select few of people can be an astronaut. That just damages their ability to be passionate about what's going on in their head. Because once once you douse the fire in them, there's there's really no coming back from it. I mean, obviously some people do, but it's a lot, it's a bigger challenge. And I know that with most children, if you just say, hey, if you want to be an astronaut, then go do it. And then they'll find out that it's not as easy as they thought it would be. But at least they feel like, okay, wow, that person, like I had thought about this and this person was like, oh yeah, you could do it. Go ahead. So that means go and do it. And then like maybe two years down the line of me trying to be an astronaut, I might find out, okay, I don't want to be an astronaut anymore. Right. But at but least that's I, for you to figure out. Exactly. And at least I know, okay, wow, that person said I could be whatever I want to be. And maybe now it's not an astronaut, but I know what it takes to work towards being something. And now maybe I might be a veterinarian or something, or maybe right. I work on uh, I might be an engineer to work on something for NASA or something like that you know so yeah. you never know you never know you just can't douse the fire because that's just I feel like we're not giving children the respect that they need um, to really just expand on their thought process and uh, figure out what they want yeah and just explore you know like I think that's detrimental to not only like you're not only crushing their dreams you're crushing a piece of them Uh, because it i definitely have had people in my childhood who i'm still working on it i'm still working on my healing um but it, it crushed me it crushed pieces of me because there were things i wanted to do but i was told you know that's not realistic that's not a real job and i you know 14 15 even 18, like, what do you mean? This is, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I, can I, can I try? No, it's, that's too hard. There's too much competition. You're not going to get it. Like just, just get a better job where you make a lot of money and that's it. No one told me about find something you're passionate about, something you love. If you love that and you want to do it, do it, try it out. My dad did. My dad was that person for me. He told me, if, he, if you want to do that, do it. Please, try it. If you don't like it, change it. You have used so much time in your life. Yeah. Don't think that you just have to stick to one thing for the rest of your life. If you turn 50 years old and it turns out you don't like this job that you got your master's or PhD in, go back to school. Get a different job. Live your life the way you want to live it. You know, Do what you feel like you want to do, what you would love to do. Oh my but God. those those people that were constantly saying, no, just get a job that you make a lot of money in. 
you know, and, and I realize now that's why it upset me so much is because I don't want to do that. I'm not passionate about that. I don't care about that. I don't care about being a lawyer and a doctor because what they make a lot of money. If I want to be a lawyer and a doctor, I want to do it because I want to do that. And I love it so much. And it, it, it crushes a piece of you because it crushes not only your passion for what you want to do, it crushes your passion for yourself. It crushes your confidence. Yeah. it, It, it definitely makes you eventually, you know, that's, literally what i've been working on the past few years feeling like you're not good enough feeling like man well you told me that there's you know too many people going after that career you're not going to make it because i'm not good enough because i why how can you immediately know that i wouldn't succeed and make it to the top five or you know make it to this school how is that unrealistic is it me is it you know, but eventually it took me a long time to realize it's them and not me. I can't put that on myself. They didn't get to do what they wanted to do for certain reasons. And that's okay. But this is my life. And if I feel like I can do it, I can do it. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm healing too. You know, uh, yeah. I swear, Tiffany, I swear when I was 10 years old, I knew I was going to be the best skateboarder ever. Like, I, I was every single day that skateboard was going with Ryan Sheckler, Ryan Sheckler, <laughs> Terry Kennedy, Paul Rodriguez. Uh, that there was we go. on me every single day. Um, I've lost boards, I've broken boards, <laughs> but you knew that next day I was going to figure out how to get a new one and I yeah. was going to. But right after school, there was no homework. Are you kidding me? I didn't care about homework. I would just go in and take the test, right. you know, at school. That was me. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> like, I literally had parent-teacher conferences with my dad. And the teacher was, like, baffled. She was like, I don't know what to do. Your son, he never does <laughs> homework. But he comes in, and he takes the test, and he passes the test. So, I don't You're know. you cold flashbacks. <laughs> like, <laughs> And my dad, he's looking at me. He's like, well, son. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But I'm like, dad, I don't want to do homework. I just want to skateboard, you know? Right. But then that moment where he crushed my heart and he was like, there's no, you're going to be over six feet tall and there's no skateboarders that are over six feet. Oh. And I was looking at him all cross-eyed. And then he broke my board, <laughs> threw it away, threw away all my shoes and in that moment, I was like, dang, you know, dad, like this was the thing that I wanted to do every single day of my life. I just wanted to get yeah. good at it. I was making, back when YouTube was just getting on the map, like I was making little YouTube videos and stuff like that. And at the, like, I think I hold, I held a lot of resentment that kind of held me back, especially when I started playing basketball. You know, like my dad, he made he 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 wanted me to play basketball so that you know I could go to the NBA or pay for my education and things like that. But I was holding this resentment. So, like when we were practicing, I was kind of like, I don't want to be here. Like, you're forcing me to do this, so I'm gonna just act like I don't want to be here. You know, Uh, but you know, I feel like if there were times where he just like embraced, you know, what I wanted to do, 
Um, and this is something, you know, I'll implement, you know, in my life for my children. It's just go, go out and try it, go do it. I'll be here to support you. But I feel like if he would have done that, then I feel, I feel like I would have been more motivated to do other things, you know, to feel like, oh, my dad knows that I'm going to, like, he raised me to be an independent kid, you know, he raised me to have good morals um, to be able to critically think and things like that. So it, it was kind of like a punch in the face. Like, dude, do you not like believe that I know what's, what's right for myself in this moment? Even as a kid, like we don't, we don't know a lot, right. but I want to try something and I'm going to do it. Like I, I can critically think to it. Like I can skate all the way five miles from my house to the skate park and be skate and be safe, you know? <laughs> like, so if you're putting these ideals um, into, like into me, you're teaching me these things, then let me show that through following the things that I'm interested in. And I yeah. hope that every child has that opportunity, you know, because yeah. when you're done and you put up the skateboard or you put up the tennis racket or you put up the guitar, you put up the science experiment kit or whatever it is, and you go into an office or you might want to be a lawyer or a doctor or something like that. You could really be like, man, that when it, back when I was, you know, busting tray flips off of a 10 stair, that's like the, I can put the same effort and take the same risk while exactly. I'm getting my, you know, degree on my, or exactly. I'm medical school or, uh, I'm about to work on this patient as a surgeon, you know, like right. it all relates. So I just, yeah. I just, for any parent out there, you know, let your kid, let your kid try it. You know, I know parents yeah. right now are reluctant on video games and stuff like that, but what's the highest paid position right now? Mm. It's working in it and tech, you know, and coding mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you never know, you know, kids, they're actually like way ahead of the, uh, of what's going on in the world a lot faster than we are, you know? So yeah, you just got to let them go out there and figure it out, but also be that guidance to be like, okay, you're yeah. doing too much over here. Okay. You're not doing enough over here. Bring it to the middle and you bridge that gap, you know? Yeah. Just guide, but <laughs> telling them what to do telling them what not to do i mean of course like it only goes for certain areas other areas that's up to your parenting and the way you want to parent but even just small things like me skateboarding um i had adults in my family tell me you know that's not ladylike that's not something you should be doing and i was very tomboyish you know i didn't like makeup until i was probably about 20 years old um yeah, never. No, nothing. Not even, barely even like chapstick because it made it look like I had makeup on. Hmm. I had small things, not even just things that I wanted to grow up and do. Small things like that, like skateboard. I I loved playing my saxophone. I loved music. I wanted instruments and things like that that people would try and tear me down for you know it's not ladylike or you're not good or music is too hard you'd never make it as a career well that affects 
everything else after that. That affects me going after my career, okay? If I wasn't good enough in the things that I enjoyed, how could I be good enough in a, a career where I needed to make money and sustain a, a lifestyle and, and my family? And, you know, like it, it, it does more to a kid than you think it does. Right. Definitely. Because we think, like, we think, like, nothing can stop us. We think we're indestructible. We think we could do anything we want, you know? Yeah. But, but we should. I'm, you know, when we're, when we're kids, that's when we develop the fastest, you know? And our brain is just constantly, you know, going, going, going. Exactly. So if you can find that it, that it factor to say, hey, I just want to do this just because I'm super interested in it. You know, and all you're doing from, you know, you li- you hear of those like three-year-olds or those four-year-olds that start and they're phenoms by the time they're 12 or something like that. Yeah, It's because they found something and then their mind is just developing at the fastest rate possible. And then yeah. they just learn these little intricate details about whatever they're doing. And now they're like just the greatest at it. So I feel like a lot of a lot of people um, are doing a disservice to kids by saying like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, I feel like yeah. the only time you should say that is if you're trying to protect the child, not yeah. um, not when and obviously in the bounds of like actual self harm. And I right. know my dad, my dad, he was kind of like, dude, I didn't want to see you in the hospital like all the time. <laughs> And I was like, dude, like I've been in the hospital for playing basketball too, bro. Don't don't try to (laughs) don't try to put that. Don't use that. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. So um, I just hope you know that piece of advice, you know, to parents, you know, can definitely help them because kids they need it. They need us to say yes, go try things because. If they don't, then they'll just be the couch potato that never does anything and nobody wants to whack. Yeah. It took me a long time to build my passion for things. It took me a long time to build my passion for myself. And I've heard it a lot, like, at work and a lot, mostly at work, I will say. I've heard a lot of people that I work for say, or even, you know, in retail customers, people I meet, say i can teach skill but i can't teach passion exactly and you can't you can't teach someone to be passionate about anything unless they want to exactly and by you taking away certain passions and hurting that dream and hurting that part of themselves it it lessens and it, it's hard it's hard to find again how can you tell a kid to go and you know, go to a job interview you know like if you told them that they can't do stuff you know right like i would be the scariest person in the world going into that job interview i'd be like what the yeah. heck? probably not gonna get this job exactly uh, i even try hard or you know things like this i'll probably never get promoted you know and things like yeah. that because my mom pushed for me to go to college and you know of course she's worried about me and she she cares she's my mother she's gonna be concerned about what I do for my future and the rest of my life but I wasn't passionate about anything that I was doing 
And so I failed. I failed first, gosh, like two, three semesters. I was on academic probation. <laughs> I feel you, though. I feel yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It's, you can't take that away from someone. That's, that's what drives us. It's the passion, the ambition, the confidence, man. That's hard to find. Like at my age now, I'm, I'm, I'm stripping myself of everything that was taken away from me and all that feeling of being hurt and letting it affect my future and my confidence and my passion and all that. And I'm relearning to let that drive me. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, and it, you feel nothing but power when you have that. It's it's nothing but this strong, intense power. I fall off sometimes, you know, and mainly it's with myself. I have to remember that passion within myself for myself, just me talking to me. That's what drives me. You know, it's oh. different for everybody, but that's important. Oh, it definitely is. You know, I've, I've been in positions where... You know, if I wasn't passionate about what I do, and if I didn't take the risk to say, you know what, I'm just going to follow my passion. But you got to understand, I interned for seven months without getting paid. And then another year and some change, um, just working for, you know, uh, my job, but um, getting paid here and there. I get like a stipend sometimes. So it wasn't like it's, it was anything I could live off of. I was telling myself like, look, dude, this is going to work out for you. Just continue to show that you love this, continue to work at it, continue to show up. And eventually now, you know, like I, I got promoted, you know, yeah. and I'm in a position where I can really create, you know, great programs for each other, for a lot of people. And I feel like if I never really found, if I never really looked at myself and said, okay, you can do this, you have a passion for it. I can never get up in front of executives at Nike and talk about, you know, my company learn, develop and grow, or I can never talk about, you know, how I want to impact you. Uh, I can't be, I, I wouldn't be able to be around celebrities and, you know, like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook to just talk to them and be like hey like I appreciate what you're doing for not only like the the black community and and minority community and and um the youth all across the country and all across the world but you know I'm also here learning from you guys so yeah uh, if I would have groveled in the fact that my dad didn't let me skateboard then I definitely would not be here today and in the position I am in to participate in the cool things um, that I'm able to to be a part of and really shine in those opportunities when they present themselves. So um, for for anything, I feel like anybody just has to just really dig deep, figure out what that passion is. It may not come today. It may not come tomorrow. It may not come a year from now, but know that it's there try a billion things you know and then eventually once you find that thing and it's like oh this is really cool and I enjoy doing it and I don't have to get paid to do it like I just want to be there and I just want to do it all the time then that's when you see like major doors will open up for you 
and it's a it's literally the best blessing that anyone can have it's like when you find that one thing and it's like oh i just can't get enough of it oh my gosh you just learn yeah. so much that's where that hard work comes out too because when you're passionate about it and they say it all the time you know when you do what you love you don't work a day in your life oh exactly i still feel like i work you know we work with kids so it's still <laughs> tiring but it's the best it's, it's, you know, when you go to sleep yeah <laughs> no definitely yeah. i get off of work and i'm I'm happy i'm like i accomplished the day i took this day i hung out with some kids they was rowdy i was rowdy yep. i'm yep. exhausted <laughs> But I'm about to get this good sleep. <laughs> you know? yep. Wake up and yeah. do it again tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. It, just, it feels it feels good. It is and is you know, there's peace in it for me. I like I said, I get off of work and I'm smiling on my way home, dancing. I see these kids and it's just it's a, it's an amazing feeling. And even if it's not with kids, you know, I'm happy working in the medical field i'm happy just talking to people um just do what you're passionate about because it you don't know who you can touch with that but it also you know of course makes you feel good but yeah you guys gotta also tune in to over here talk about it tuesday and Think about it Thursday. I've been watching. I think I posted one of them on my story. Oh, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get more into like some skits, so it's gonna be kind of funny. So watch out okay. for that. Oh wow, okay. Oh yeah, we're gonna bring some dry, some some nice humor to mental health. Light, <laughs> okay. light humor though, light humor, but yeah, to mental health. Okay, be great. I will be checking in on that, but I appreciate you. I'm happy everything's working out for you. You've been working super hard. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity not only to speak to you, to learn from you, um, and to be a part of your podcast. Like, I know what you're doing, and I know it's touching people in ways that not a lot of people know how to. So um, definitely appreciative of this opportunity. And thank you for being you. Oh, thanks, Caleb. You make me cry. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. Yeah, thanks for coming on again, too. You're the first person to come on twice so far. What? I'm yeah. Twice, first person. Yeah. Wow. We gonna do it more. You are a, a five part series. Now that you told me that, I need a five part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> season two is coming up. Season one is ending right now. You'll definitely be in the following season. So thank you. I appreciate you for being a part of it. You've really brought a lot of insight to the show and I love it. It's so good. And cool. man, I thank everybody else for listening to, you know, it's it's been an amazing journey just with this podcast. And uh we're gonna get into different things in season two but you know it's, it's coming along pretty nice i'm grateful to everyone who's come on and shared bits and pieces of themselves and their knowledge come so. on it's the abundance of knowledge podcast. <laughs> right. it is you guys need to tune in all right i know this is where it's at you need some knowledge well we got an abundance <laughs> <Some> knowledge. <laughs>
just a peaceful part of life, you know, but exactly. thank you all. And we'll be coming out with more. So thanks for listening. See you soon for another one. Caleb, if you want to leave your app one more time. Oh, bye guys. Um, you can follow Cause you me. changed your app. Yeah. You can follow me now. I changed it. Um, <laughs> it's the Prince KP, the Prince KP straightforward cut and dry my mom calls me the prince i like it Ah. some people like it so i changed it um follow project broken um but the broken is spelled b-r-k-n follow learn develop and grow follow yourself be yourself love yourself have a good night I love that. Uh, (laughs) All right. See you guys soon. Take care. God bless. Bye.